Masechet Pesachim has been dedicated by Mr. Ike J. Shechebar in honor of his grandparents, Mr. Ike and Jeanette Bibi. We bless Mr. Ike Shechebar, who's been a sponsor of the Dafyomi for many uh, days. They should continue to enjoy success, health, and happiness. May his grandparents also enjoy much nachat from him as well as all their grandchildren and may they only share in semachot for the entire family. Amen. Daf Tzaddi Bet Today's daf is being studied Le'adu Nishmat Hacham Baruch Rafael Ben Miriam and Abraham Ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. We are starting on Tzaddi Aleph Amud Bet Two lines from the bottom the Mishnah as an introduction to the Mishnah, let us review quickly the laws of Aninut once again. Anonin is somebody that lost one of his relatives, one of the seven relatives. We said they are the father, the mother, the brother, the sister that is not married, the son, daughter, and his wife or spouse. In this case, until the burial, the person has the status of an Onen. Now, it should be pointed out that Onen status, Minat Torah, applies <coughs> during the day. If the body was still not buried by night, it's a mahloket regarding the status of Aninut Laila. Our Mishnah is going to take the opinion that Aninut Laila is Isud only Midrabanan. And therefore, the Gemara is going to say that if a person was an Onen, <coughs> he is able to go to the Mikveh and eat the Korban Pesach at night. Now what does an Onen have to go to the Mikveh for? He didn't become Tamer. So one of the Gezerot that the Hachamim made was that since an Onen <coughs> is not allowed to eat Kodashim, that's one of the things an Onen cannot do. He cannot eat Basar of Korbanot. So the Hachamim said <coughs> when the Aninut is over, in order for him to go back to his position to eat Kadashim, he must go to the Mikveh first. So therefore, let's say on Ayrib Pesach, the guy becomes an Onin. Now, <clears throat> the Mishnah is going to say, he goes to the Mikveh, and they can bring the Qurban Pesach for him. Even though, by night, he might still be an Onin. Since Aninut Laila is only the Rabbanan, the rabbinical law was waived because of the law of Quran Pesach, which is Isur Karet. And that's what the Mishnah means over here. Onen Tobel, the Onen goes to the Mikveh, et la'irev. And can eat this Quran Pesach in the evening. Even though Aninut Laila Banan, it is pushed away in lieu of Quran Pesach. Abal. <coughs> But not regarding other korbanot. Meaning, let's say the guy's an onen, and now it's night, and he wants to eat other korbanot. He wants to eat a korban chilamin. In that case, we say no. There, the rabbis didn't waive their law of aninut laila in, uh, in front of, let's say, regular korbanot. Only in front of korban pesa, which is Yisud Karet, was aninut laila waived. I want to point out again that the onen can only eat so long as he goes to the mikveh first. That is a deen de Rabbanan. <coughs> which now continues. 
Hashomeya al meto. Let's say a person heard about one of his relatives that died. <laughs> after, let's say, even 30 days after the fellow passed away, he got the news. Now the Hachamim said on the day that a person hears the news of the loss of a, a, a deceased one, <coughs> they gave him a status of Aninut. That day is considered an Onen. And therefore, it's only Aninut Midrabbanan. Therefore, such a fellow, if that day, Yom Shemu'ah landed on Eid of Pesach, he would be allowed to bring the Qurban Pesach again, because Aninut Rabbanan is waved in front of the Qurban Pesach. And for that matter, a person that is reinterring the bones of his parents. What they would do sometimes is they would bury their parents in one plot, and then after the flesh would decay, they would take the bones and they would reinter it in a different area. <clears throat> so the Mishnah is saying, obviously they themselves were not doing it, because if they themselves did it, they would become Tamim de Uraita. They had somebody else do it for them. But the Hadushas, on the day that the reinterment takes place, the relatives become uh, Onin, and therefore it's only Aniyud Rabbanan. So if the day of the reinterment was Erev Pesach, the deem would be they go to the Mikveh, and they would be able to bring. So basically the principle of our Mishnah is Aniyud Rabbanan is pushed away for Korban Pesach. Now, Vamelaket Atzamot, the Hidush over here is that he can even eat Kadashim in this case of Melaket Atzamot. Why? Because since the whole law of Melaket uh, Atzamot is Midrabbanan, even in the day it's only Midrabbanan. So therefore at night it doesn't apply at all. So therefore to eat regular Korbanot even would be permissible on the night. Because it's not even a deen of Aninut Laila. Look at Rashi. Right? Aninut is only in the day, but not at night. Because even the day itself is only Drabbanan. So therefore there is a leniency by Milaket Atzamot over the case of Onen. By the case of Onen, since Aninut Laila's Drabanan, it doesn't waive the eating of Kadashim. But Likut Atzamot, since there's no Aninut at night at all, it will be permissible to eat Kadashim. Ger Shinit Gayer Ve'ayrev Pesach. Okay, you have a convert. He converted on Erev Pesach. Bet Shemai Omnim Tobel Ve'ochel Epeschot. Okay, Ve'ayrev. He goes to the Mikveh, like a convert normally goes to the Mikveh, and then by the evening already he can eat his Korban Pesach. That's the opinion of Bet Shemai. Bet Elel Omrim HaPoresh Mina Orla Keporesh Mina Kever. He says that somebody that was not circumcised, that becomes circumcised, that's as if he came from touching a myth. And therefore, Bet Shammah, Bet Elel is going to say that the convert has the status of a Tamei Met, and therefore he has to wait seven days, and therefore he cannot eat the Qurban on Eidem Pesach. Because he holds a rule, a Poresh Mena Orla, a person that leaves the status of being Orla, is like a person that just left touching a Kever. And the Gemara will explain <coughs> the reason why Bet Elel makes such a Gezerah. Comes the Gemara and says, My Ta'ma, what's the reason why you're telling me that an Onen, 
they can slaughter the Korban Pesach for him during the day, and he can eat it at night. Kasavat aninut de laila de rabbanan. Because the old this Mishnah that the aninut status in the evening is only rabbinical. Vegabe Pesach lo yamidu devreim bimkom karet. The rabbis did not stand on their law in a place where you have a isud karet, for example, korban Pesach. Gabe kadashim yamidu devreim bimkom aset. However, eating kodashim, eating other korbanot, is only a positive commandment. It's a positive commandment to eat. Other korbanot, uh, the positive commandment is ve'achelu otam asher kupar bahem. So therefore, in such a case, since it's only a mitzvah aseh, they're not going to uh, wave their isudra banana of aninut laila. But for Pesach, which is karet, they did wave it. <coughs> Comes the Gemara and continues. One of the cases in the Mishnah we said was melaket atzamot. So the Gemara says, "Milaket atzamot habare hazaat shlishi v'shviyai." Now, what do you mean? If a guy's reinterring his parents, he's becoming tameh. How can he be korban pesach? He needs to be sprinkled on the third and the seventh day. So the Gemara says, "Ema shliktu lo atzamot." We're talking about a case where he didn't do it himself; he had others do it for him. And the deen is, he becomes <coughs> an onin with Rabbanan on that day, but he would be permissible to eat the korban pesach. The following night. Ger shenit gayir. So we said we had a mahluk at Bet Shammai and Bet Elil. Amar Rava Bar Barhana Amar of Yohanan. Mahlokit Be'arel Nukhri. The whole mahlokit that we have between Bet Elil and Bet Shammai is specifically by a Gentile that converted, meaning that he circumcised himself. The Bet Elil Savri, Bet Elil says like this. Gezera. We're worried now, let's say this convert, the following year, after he converts, let's say he becomes Tamim. Let's say he becomes Tamim Mit. Okay? The <clears throat> Yomar, and what is he going to say? Ishtakad mi lo tavalti veachalti. He says, last year, before I was Jewish, obviously I was Tamim. I came in contact with many things before I was Jewish. And what did the rabbis tell me to do? Dip in the mikveh, I Pesach, and I was able to eat. So I'll do the same thing now. I'll go to the mikveh like I did last year. I'll cleanse myself from all tum'ah, and I'll eat. Problem is, he doesn't know this convert. Last year he was a goy, velo mekabel tum'ah. He wasn't Tamil last year. All the, uh, the dipping that he went was to convert it, not to, to relieve him from any Tum'ah. Achshav Yisrael, but now he's Yisrael, umikabel Tum'ah. Therefore, it's not just going to help him to go into the Mikveh. So therefore, Betelel makes a Gezerah, <coughs> that every convert that circumcises himself and goes to the Mikveh, on Erev Pesach, cannot eat Korban Pesach. Gezerah, that he might become Tamir the next year, and think, oh, I can just go to the Mikveh like I did the year before, and that's not so. The year before, he wasn't Tamir, Goy's not Tamir, and all the Tumah that he came in contact with does not need any uh, Tahara process. Mashiach, now that he's Jewish, and he became Tamir, he's going to need the seven-day process, and he's going to make a mistake to think that Tevira is... Is enough, and therefore Betel may say Gezerah Bet Shemay Savi Lo Gazlinan. Bet Shemay says, No, we don't make such a Gezerah Aval Arel Yisrael. But a Jew that circumcised himself, let's say on Erev Pesach, the Vrei Kol, everybody agrees Tovel 
ve'ochel et peschol ha'erev. Everybody means he goes to the mikveh and he can eat to korban pesah in the evening. Why does he have to go to the mikveh? So again, since an arel cannot eat basar kodesh, once he circumcised himself, hakamim necessitated him to go to a mikveh in order to allow himself to <coughs> eat. Ve'lo'gazin al-arel Yisrael mishum arel nukhri. And we don't make a gezerah from an Arel Yisrael to an Arel Nukhri. Therefore, Arel Yisrael Mutar, the Arel Pesach to bring the Korban, meaning he can have the Korban be brought for him, and he can eat subsequently that night. And the Gemara continues, Tanya Namehache. We have a Braita to support this. Amar Bishamon El Azar. Lo Nehleku Bet Shema Bet Al Arel Yisrael Shetobel Veokel Pishol Arev. Straightforward, right? That it says <coughs> the exact same thing. Rava comes along and says a deen. Arel, an uncircumcised person, Hazza'a, sprinkling of somebody that became a Tamimit, the Ismal, and the knife of a Brit Milah, the rabbis did not waive their rabbinical laws in these cases, even in front of an Isur Karet. As we're going to see that in these three cases, the rabbis stood to their rabbinical law, even though by sticking to their rabbinic law, a person would not be allowed to bring Korban Pesach, which is Isur Karet. So in these three cases, they were stringent in the, in the uh, stand of, in the case of Karet. Onen, however in Onen, Umetzorah, someone has leprosy. Ubeta paris, we'll explain what the beta paris is immediately. Lo elamidu devrim bimkom karet. The rabbis waived their rabbinic law for the Korban Pesach, which is Yisus Karet. So basically we have six cases here. Three of them the rabbis stood on their law, and three of them they waived their law. Now the Gemara is going to go through all six cases. <coughs> Arel, the case of Arel, ha de Amran. The case of Arel, we already explained. What's the case of uh, Arel? <coughs> the case of Arel is, according to Rashi, Rashi says, Had Amran, the Hazel Urta. We said that, let's say, a Jew that circumcises himself would be permissible to eat the Quran Pesach that evening. Umishum Gezera, the Shana Ba'a. Which means even a goy, even a goy, according to the opinion of Bechamai, we said what? We let him circumcise himself on Erev Pesach, and we let him eat the Qurmat Pesach, and we don't make a Gezerah, that what? That next year he might uh, make a mistake. So you see what? The rabbis waived their Gezerot because of Isur of Karet. So that's one case. So the first case is Arel. Okay, even according to Bet Shammai, that what that we allow him to circumcise himself, eat on that night, and we do not have a rabbinical law uh, restricting him. Next case, Hazaah. What's the case of Hazaah? I'm sorry. I repeat. <coughs> I repeat. According to, that's according to Bet Shammai. 
But Talakah doesn't follow Bet Shammai. Talakah follows Bet And what does Bet say? That really the Arel cannot bring the Kurban Pesach that night. So what do you see? Because of a rabbinical enactment, the rabbi stood on their rabbinical law and did not allow him to bring the Kurban Pesach. So this is a case where the rabbi stood by their law even in the light of Kurban Pesach, according to Bet Hillel. Again, according to Bet Hillel, Ba'arel, he cannot bring that night. Well, he circumcised himself. Yeah, because next year he might become Tamer and say, well, I can just go to the Mikveh like I did last year, not realizing last year he was going this year, he's a Jew. Yeah, but by making this rabbinical law, you're going to stop him from eating Korban Pesach that night. Doesn't matter, the rabbis stood by their law. That's the interpretation of Arel. Next case. Hazza'ah, what's the case of Hazza'ah? De'amar mor. Hazza'ah shevut. Sprinkling somebody on Shabbat with the waters of <coughs> the para Aduma is only Isur, the Rabbanan. Why should it be Isur, the Rabbanan? Some explain because it's like mitakin, you're fixing. What are you fixing? You're fixing the person. So therefore it's only Isur, the Rabbanan. The Eno Docheta Shabbat. But it's not Docheta Shabbat. And therefore, let's say Eire Pesach fell out on Shabbat. And you had a fellow that was on his seventh day. He needed to be sprinkled in order to eat the Korban Pesach. We're going to say you cannot sprinkle him on Shabbat. If you can't sprinkle him on Shabbat, he's not going to be able to eat Kurban Pesach. So you see, the rabbi stood in the rabbinical law, even if it's going to cause the person not to be able to do the Kurban Pesach. Last case, Ismail. <coughs> Ismail is the Berit Milan knife. The Tanya, we have a Braita. Keshem she'en mevi'in oto derech leshut Just like on Shabbat. You can't carry the knife of the milah in the public domain. Carrying is asur. Nor can you bring the knife even in rabbinical domains. Meaning, to carry it, let's say, over roofs, or in courtyards, or let's say, open areas. The point is that <coughs> the case over here is where you have a fellow that wants to bring the Quran Pesach. Pesach, let's say, fell out on Shabbat. Halakha says, if his children are not circumcised, he cannot bring Qurban Pesach. Just like the owner has to be circumcised, his children must be circumcised as well. That means if a fellow has, let's say, a child that's not circumcised, so he cannot bring Qurban Pesach himself. Oh, so now it came out, Ere Pesach was on Shabbat. One of the guy's children was not circumcised, so they needed a knife. So the only way to get the knife was what? To bring it to a rabbinical domain. What does the deen say? You cannot bring the knife. What do you mean? If I don't bring the knife, I'm not going to be able to bring Kurban Pesach. Doesn't matter. The rabbi stood on the law, even with the banan, even if it's going to cause them not to bring the Kurban Pesach. So let's review the three cases when Hachamim stood on the law. <coughs> Case number one was Ariel, according to Bet Hillel. The second case was Hazza'ah, <coughs> sprinkling on the seventh day that falls out on Shabbat. And the third case was Ismail, that we do not even let uh, allow to bring the knife of the Milah in a rabbinical domain to allow the fellow to bring the Quran Pesah. <coughs> now we go to the three cases where the rabbis waive their law. Onen had Amaran. Onen we said already. What was the case of Onen? <coughs> the fellow lost a relative. Ere Pesah is an Onen. At night, he's only an Onen with Rabbanan. 
So the rabbis allow you to bring the Quran Pesah and they wave Aninut Mitrabanan and therefore it is Mutan. That's case number one. Mitzorah Mahi. What's the case of Mitzorah? Let's review the story of a Mitzorah. Mitzorah is a person that gets leprosy. Now, <coughs> the deen is a person that has leprosy is not allowed to obviously enter the Beta Megdash, the Azara. He has to wait uh, seven days to purify himself. And then on the eighth day, he has to go bring Korbanot. He has to bring sacrifices. Now, what he does is, since he cannot go into the Beta Megdash area, how is he going to bring the Korban? So it says they allow him after the seventh day to go to a certain gate called Sha'ar Nikanor. That's on the eastern side of the Beit HaMikdash. And he stands in Sha'ar Nikanor, and the law is, he gives his Korbanot to the Kohen from there, and he's able to even stick his thumb into the uh, Beit HaMikdash area, because the law is, the Kohen must sprinkle his right thumb and his right big toe. So, he's a problem, but he can't go into the, uh, into, into the Azara. So he stands in Sha'ni Kanor. The rabbis made Sha'ni Kanor specifically not Kodesh like the uh, Azara. Because if it was Kodesh like the Azara, then the Mitzvah can't even stand there. So they gave it the status as, let's say, the uh, Temple Mount, which is less. Okay, so he stands there, and he sticks his uh, finger in, and uh, they sprinkle him, and he's fine. Oh, so now let's say another problem happened to this leper. It was the eighth day where he's supposed to do this uh, process, and now he became a Baal Kedi. He had a seminal discharge. Now, the problem is if a person has a seminal discharge, he's not even allowed in Mahane Leviyah. He's not even allowed in, for example, Shani Kanor, which would be considered Mahane Leviyah. Let's review the Mahanot. The Hazara itself is considered Mahane Shekhina. The Temple Mount is considered Mahane Leviyah. And Jerusalem, within the walls of Jerusalem, is considered Mahane Yisrael. A Baal Keri, sometimes the symbol of this charge is not allowed to be in Mahane Leviyah. So we have a problem over here. We have a Mitzorah. He's on his eighth day. <clears throat> he needs to be in Shani Kanor in order to get his Tara. The problem is he became a Baal Keri. Now he became a Baal Keri, he cannot go into Shani Kanor. The problem is, it's Erev Pesach. And if he doesn't get his Tara today, he's not going to be able to eat from the Qurban Pesach at night. So again, it's the eighth day of a Mitzorah. That sore Keri, Erev Pesach. So the rabbis are going to say over here that what? It's going to be permissible for him to go into Shani Kador and purify himself. Why? So the Gemara says, Mitzorah Mai, Netanya. Mitzorah, a leper. Shehal Shemini Shelobe Erev Pesach. Good. And he saw a seminal discharge that day. He's able to go to the Megveh for his keri, and he's able to eat Korban Pesach that night. Oh, Even though Midrabanan, 
Eitivun Yom cannot go into Machane Leviyah. But in this case, the rabbi said, let him go in. Why? Mutav Yavo Ase Shiyesh Bo Karet V'yidche Ase She'en Bo Karet. We'd rather a uh, a positive commandment that has karet, which is korban pesach. We'd rather that take precedence over a positive commandment that does not have karet. Meaning, going into ba'alkeri, going into That's not already an inyan of uh, isur. It's not even, by the way, isur Torah. As the Gemara is going to prove, it's only Isur Medrabanam. The Gemara says, Ve'amar Yohanan, Devar Torah Afidu Bo. Even from the Torah for a Baal to go into Mahane Leviyah is not Asur. Shine'emar, what's the proof? Ve'yamod Yoshafat Bekahal Yehuda Virushalayim, Bebet Hashem Yoshafat. And the Jewish nation stood in Yerushalayim in the Beit HaMikdash, Lefnei HaChatzer HaChadasha, in front of the new courtyard. Now they didn't, they didn't renovate the courtyard. Why is the courtyard of Beit HaMikdash and Yoshafat's time called the new courtyard? The Haser HaChadasha. So it was my Haser HaChadasha. Shehidshu Bo Davar. Because they made a novel uh, interpretation or a novel Gezerah regarding it. Va'amru Tevul Yom Lo Yikanes Bebahane Leviyah. So that Gezerah was made in the times of Yoshafat. He was the one that said that a Tevul Yom cannot go into the Mahane Leviyah. So there was only Sudra Banan. So let's go back. If it's only Sudra Banan, the rabbis waved the Isudra Banan and allowed the Mitzorah to go into Sha'an Nikano, which is Mahanin Leviyah, not to purify himself so he can bring the Gorban Pesach at night. <clears throat> now, don't be confused when it says over here in the Braita, let the Aseh that has a Karit push away the Aseh that doesn't have Karit. Going into the uh, the it's no positive commitment at all. Sometimes the Braita uses Lashona Aseh even on a rabbinical enactment. As the Gemara says in the name of Rabbi Yohanan, a Baal Keri going into Mahane Levi is only Isum and Rabbanan. It was made by Yoshafat. That's what they call the Hasid Hadasha. The Hasid that they enacted a new Gezerah. So therefore, that's the second item where we see the rabbis pushed away their Gezerah. Let's, let's say the other side of the story. If the rabbis wouldn't have pushed away the Gezerah, that means the Baal Kiri could not go into Shani Kanor. If he couldn't go into Shani Kanor, he could not purify himself. If he could not purify himself, he could not eat Kurban Pesach on that night. So that's the case with Hakamim, wave there, Gezerah. Third case. Beta Paris. What is a Beta Paris? Beta Paris is a field where there was somebody buried in the field. Amit came uh, the plows, and they plowed up the field. What's the concern when they plow the field? That, exactly, the blade of the plow is going to pick up some of the fragments of the body, and it's going to strew them throughout the field. Hakamim made a gezerah that Kohanim should not walk through this field, because there's a gezerah that what? Maybe there'll be a fragment of bones, the size of, let's say, a barley, and they either might uh, touch it as they're walking, or they might move it, and that's going to render the Kohen Tameh. So therefore, uh, the question is now, let's say you have a Kohen. He needs to bring Korban Pesach. But the only way for him to access to get to the Beit HaMikdash is to cross through a 
Bet Haparis. So the, the rabbis, now this is only rabbinical, because it's a gezerah. Maybe the Maharisha, uh, you know, pulled up some of the, um, some of the fragments of the, of the bones. So therefore the Gemara says, Ditnan, Beshavin, Betshamayu, Betelel, Betshamayu, Betelel, agree that what? Shebodkin le'oseh Pesach. That a Kohen that wants to go actually it's not only a Kohen I should point out in this case it's even a Yisrael because if Yisrael becomes Tamer he would not be able to bring Korban Pesach as well so for that matter anybody can go through a Beta Paris in order to bring Korban Pesach but they require Bidika now the Gemara is going to tell us what this Bidika is you have to inspect it however the end Bodkim Neochlet However, if a Kohen wants to eat Tirumah, <coughs> we do not allow him to walk through the Beit Paris, even with inspection. So this leniency of inspecting the Beit Paris was only said for Ochle Pesach. Now, what's the case? How do you inspect? He blows his way through. Meaning, the fellow walks through the Beit Paris, and he walks very carefully, of course, any big piece of, let's say of the mitt, he's going to see with his eyes. Any small piece that he might not visually see, he blows as he's walking. <laughs> so any piece that's there will move to the side, so he'll able to walk across. So therefore, you have no problem. Ah, oh, but you might ask a question. True, he got rid of the pieces, let's say, <coughs> above the ground. But maybe there are pieces beneath the ground. And as he's walking, he's ma'ahil. Meaning, he uh, causes himself as a roof over the tum'ah. So, how do you solve that problem? So that she explains this. That she says that the law of tum'at ohil was only said either on rov atzamot, it's called Rov Binyan or Rov Minyan. Meaning, Rov Minyan means if the majority of the bones are in one place, it can be Metameh Be'ohim. Or Rov Binyan. Rov Binyan means you have the, <coughs> the big bones, for example, the thigh bones, which consist of the majority of the frame of the body. Only Rov Binyan, meaning majority of the frame or majority of the limbs, can bring Tum'at Ohim. And therefore, in this case over here, we're not concerned. Because since the body was uh, plowed up, we're not concerned that you're going to have Rov Binyan or Rov Binyan in one place. So I'm not worried about what's underground. What's underground, there's no Tum'at Ohim. What am I worried about? What's above ground? Oh, so let's say a, a Kohen wants to go eat Tiruma. <clears throat> and to get to the Tiruma, he's got to walk through the Beta Paris. What do we tell him? He can't go. Either go around the Beta Paris or figure out something else. But to go eat Kurban Pesach, the rabbis waive their law of <clears throat> the Beta Paris and they allow him to go through, through what's called Bitika, through being Menapeya, through blowing his way through. Comes the Gemaran says, Rabbi Yehuda bar Abaye Mishemet, Rabbi Yehuda Amar beta Paris Shenidash Tahor. We have another din. <clears throat> Let's say you have a beta Paris that was trampled, meaning you had a band of people that walked through the beta Paris. Now, what's going to happen when they trample through? So 
any fragment that's above ground, if it was the size of a se'ora, by them trampling it, they're going to cause it to fragment where it's going to become less than a se'ora. And therefore, you're not going to have a problem of tumah at all, because an a'itzim that's less than the size of a barley is not mitameh at all. So the Yudas Hadush is that the beta paris that was trampled by people, tahor, lashi, unless lashi of the perek, shenidash, baregel, tahor, shedirisat araglayim, he'aviratan, <clears throat> the trampling of the field caused them to go away, the, 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 the fragments. All the guy that wants to be called about Pesach, he just has to inspect. What? Ask a question. Does anybody know if this field was trampled? If it's trampled, let him walk right through. <clears throat> Here's the Hadush. For those that want to eat Rumah, we don't rely even on trampling. And there, because you can wait. Wait until they bring the Tirumah to you. Or you have to walk through this Beta Paris. So you see, we have two cases where we're lenient by Beta Paris. Number one, he could blow his way through, which we allow him to do that for. Pesach, but not for Tirumah. And then we're lenient that if you have a Beta Paris that was trampled for Pesach, Walk through. Rabbis are not going to put their gizera on a beta paris that was trampled, but even for tirumah they still kept their laws. So we, <clears throat> let's review the three cases where the rabbis waived their laws. Number one, the case was onen, right? And inut laila is waived, that the uh, fellow can eat Quran Pesach at night. Number two is the mitzorah, that became a baal keri. We allowed the mitzorah that became a baal keri to go into Sha'ar Nikanor and purify himself so he could be available to eat Quran Pesach by night. And the tapares, we allowed the fellow to go through, either blow his way through, or if it was trampled, we can rely on the trampling that what? That it's tahor, and therefore he can go in. The rabbis waved their gizra of bed, haparis, in a place of karet of Pesach. Hadran alach. Ha'isha. <coughs> and now, Bezat Hashem, we begin the ninth Perek of Masechet Pesachim, Perek Mi Shehaya. <coughs> and the Mishnah says, Mi Shehaya Tamer. A person, let's say, on Pesach Rishon, was Tamer. O Bederek Lechoka. O, let's say, he was in a far-off place. Meaning, he could not reach Yerushalayim by the evening. For example, when did they start bringing the Quran Pesach? On Erev Pesach, after Hatzot. This guy was so far away, that even if he would start walking, he would not get to Yerushalayim by the evening. So this guy is a called a fellow that is Bederech, Lechokai, he's on a far place. Velo Asat Rishon, and therefore they could not bring Pesach Rishon. <coughs> the Mishnah says, what do they do? Ya'aseh, Etashini. They bring Pesach, Shini. Shagag. Let's say a person was Shogeg. He was inadvertent. Meaning, let's say, he, he didn't realize that this was Eid of Pesach. He had his dates mixed up. Or Ne'enas. Or he had another type of uh, something that was out of his control. For example, let's say, he broke his leg. And therefore, he could not get to Yerushalayim. Ve'lo asata rishon. And he also could not bring the Pesach on rishon. sheni. He could also bring it on Pesach sheni. So the question then is, if... You have cases over here, four cases that we say you can be Pesach Sheni. Tameh, Derech Lechokah, Shogeg, or Anus. 
Why then does the Torah only list the case of Tameh and Derech Lechokah? Why only those examples? Give me the cases of the Shogeg and the Anus. That's the Mishnah's question. Imken, Lama Ne'emar Tameh Oshaya Bederich Lechokah. Why do you have to give me these examples? Now, Rashi explains this question. Let's read the Rashi. Imken, first Rashi in the Pedic. Imken, Lama Ne'emar Tameh. Begemara Parich, Ha Itztarich. We don't, we're not questioning why the Torah has to tell me the case of Tameh. The case of Tameh, I know why it has to tell me. Because the Hadush of the Tameh is that even if he wants to bring it on Pesach Rishon, he cannot. Of course, how can he bring it on Pesach Rishon? Meaning, even if let's say he wants to send this Qurban with somebody else. Let's say, guys, Tameh, he'll be Tahor by night. He's Tameh Met, for example. Right? On the seventh day, Tameh met. But what? He'll be told at night. So he says to his sisters, friend, do me a favor. I can't bring it now because I'm Tameh. I want you to send it for me, and by the night time, I'll be okay. No, no, the Torah says, somebody that's Tameh, he cannot bring it on Pesach. He's shown he must wait till Pesach. And therefore, I know why the Torah has to tell me Tameh. It's obvious because it's teaching me a big Hadush that a Tameh cannot even send this Qurban through somebody else. The question of the Mishnah is, why does it say, Derech Lechokah? Because we know the law is by Derech Lechokah, according to this Mishnah, if a person was far away from Yerushalayim. Right? But let's say by the night, he'll be able to get to Yerushalayim. But right now, he's not there. He is able to have somebody else bring the Qurban for him, and by the time he gets there, he can eat from it. Oh, so therefore... Why does the Torah have to tell me Derech Rehokah? You tell me what? That the Derech Rehokah guy brings on uh, Pesach Sheni and does not bring on Pesach Rishon. If, if, it's, if it's to tell me if it's to tell me what? That he can't bring it on Pesach Rishon at all? That's not so. He can bring it on Pesach Rishon through somebody else. So therefore, right, so therefore, why then does the Torah specifically tell me the case of Derech uh, uh, What's the Hiddush specifically in that case? So comes the Gemara and says, there's a difference. There's a difference. A fellow that was Tameh, or somebody that was Bederich Lechogah, or somebody that was Shogeg, or somebody that was Ones, all these people that did not bring the Quran Pesach, Barishon, they're going to be Patur from Karet. However, the uh, others are going to be Hayab Karet. Who's the others? The Mishnah didn't give any other cases. This is a very, very difficult Mishnah to understand. The Mishnah is telling me, you know what the differences between these cases and those cases? These people that the Mishnah listed, they're patu from Karet if they didn't bring on the first. Meaning what? Derech Lechokah, Tameh, Shogeg, Ones. But the others, the others? The Mishnah list anybody, anybody else? Didn't. The Gibraltar is going to ask this question. But the others are going to be Hayaf Karet. Furthermore, it's very difficult to even understand how this answers the question that was asked. The question was, why did Surah specifically write Derek Lechokah as opposed to the other cases? At least that's the way that she understood the question. The Gemara's answer is, that what? There's a difference between these cases that they're not Hayaf Karet, if they don't bring them on Pesach Rishon, as opposed to other cases. How does that answer the question of, 
why the, the Pasuk specifically said, Derech Rechoka? We'll have to see if we have an answer to this. But the Mefarshim all asked this question on Shitat Nashi. So let's start the Gemara. We'll see if we have a little more clarity. Comes the Gemara and says, Itmar, oh, we have a statement. Haya Bederech Rechoka. A guy was far away. And he had a messenger make the shahita for him and make the zirika for him. Rav Nachman Amar Hurza. Rav Nachman says it's good. Hurza meaning it's accepted. Rav Sheshat Amar Lo Hurza. Rav Sheshat says no, not accepted. Also, because we have a mahloket Amoraim, a very fundamental mahloket. Can somebody who's bederek lehoka have his korban sent through a shaliyah? Mahloket Rav Nachman. Rav Sheshat. Rav Nachman Amar Hurza. Rav Nachman says it's accepted. The Torah was just having mercy on the guy, giving him an option if he wants to bring it on Pesach Sheni. But if he wants to bring it on Pesach Rishon, let him be blessed. Which means this thing of Pesach Sheni for Derek Rechokah was not mandatory. The Torah is telling you, listen, you're far away, we'll do you a favor, we'll have mercy on you. If you want, we'll give you an option. But if the guy wants to bring it Pesach Rishon through Shadiyah, that's not Nachman's logic. He says, no sir, if he brings it through the Shadiyah, it's not accepted. Why? Not accepted. Why? The Torah compares the Derech Lehokah to a Tameh guy. Can a Tameh guy bring it through a Shadiyah? Of course not. Just like a Tameh guy can't bring it through a Shadiyah. Now everybody agrees that the Torah wasn't having mercy on the Tameh guy. That he can bring it Pesach Sheni. It's not mercy. You, you're Tameh, you have no choice but to bring it Pesach Sheni. So too, just like the Tameh guy has to bring it Pesach Sheni, the Derech Nehokai guy also has to bring it Pesach Sheni. So that's the Mahlok between Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshat. Amar Rav Nachman, so Rav Nachman says, Mina Aminala. What's my source that this is true? Ditnan. We have a Mishnah. Look at the language of our Mishnah. A person was either Tameh or Bederek Lehokah, and he didn't bring it on the first Pesach, he can bring it on the second. Now, obviously, what does it mean, Asa? he didn't? Mikhlal Abad, implied that if he wanted to, he could have. Now obviously it's not talking about a Tamer person. A Tamer person cannot have bring, brought it on the first. It must be we're talking about a Derek Lehoka. And then what is the Mishnah saying? Mishaya Bederek Lehoka. Velo Asa Pesach Rishon. Implying that what? He could have. How could have he? So that's the one says I have a proof from the, our Mishnah. Because the language of Velo Asa Tarishon is Mashma. Shaya Yachol Asot Tarishon. That he could have brought it on the he just didn't. Proof positive for Rav Nachman. Rav Sheshat, Amar Lecha, Ihache. He's held it. If that's the way you're going to learn the Mishnah, you're going to have a problem with the end of the Mishnah. Sefa, the end of the Mishnah, Diktani. Shagag, Oneenas, Velo Asat Arishon, Yaset Asheni. The guy was a Shogeg. Like we said, he didn't know the day. Oones, he broke his leg. He had a circumstance. And he didn't bring the first, right? Let him bring on the second. Could you make the same diuk over there? Implying that what? If he did bring it on the first, how could a shogegen and ones bring it on the first? The shogegen ones. Right. You cannot say that 
inference on the case of Shogeg and Ones. The Gemara says, Medektani velo asa, from the fact that it says, and they didn't bring, Mikhlal de iba avad, implied that if they did bring, it's okay. What do you mean if they did bring? Hares shagag, varin inas. You can't use that logic on a Shogeg and an Ones. The guy's shrinking. How's he going to bring? He doesn't know what to bring. The guy's on it. He can't bring. So how could you make the you can come and talk and tell me velo asa? Meaning, oh, but if they did, that doesn't work at the end of the Mishnah. So therefore, what Rav Sheshat asking on Rav Nachman, your logic might make sense in the beginning of the Mishnah. By the case of derech lechokav velo asa, that what ha asa it's okay, but it's not going to make sense with the case of shogeg and ones. So therefore, Rav Sheshat has a new interpretation to the Mishnah, and he says like this. So, you have to add a case to the Mishnah that's not written there. Add a case of Mezid, somebody that was negligent. And read the Mishnah like this. Shogeg, Ne'enas, or Mezid. If a guy was either Shogeg, okay, or Ne'enas, or Mezid velo asa. Oh, now in the case of Mezid, he would be able to bring. Right? Of course, the Mezid, he did it in the negligence. But if he would want to bring, he could bring. So therefore, add the word Mezid to the end of the Mishnah. Now, just like you're adding a case to the end of the Mishnah, add a case to the beginning of the Mishnah. And therefore, read the Mishnah like this. Meaning, add a case of... Onen. And, and therefore, what is it saying? That what? In the case of Onen, the guy technically was able to. Didn't we learn in the last Mishnah that an Onen can bring the Korban Pesach? And since he did not bring the Korban uh, Pesach, and, and he didn't bring the Korban Pesach, but he was able to. So read the case of the Mishnah like this. Mi Onen. In the case of Onen, that what? And he did not bring the Qurban on the, uh, the first uh, half. So what? He can bring it on the uh, second. And then give the, the second case of the Mishnah. The second case of the Mishnah is what? Uh, a fellow that was a Shogeg, or uh, Ones, or for that matter, a Mezid. So therefore, add a case of Onen and Shogeg. Now what does this do for you? How does this do, what does this do for you? Look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. Uh, it's the third wide line down. Vilatamech. Mm-hmm. Start from the word Vilatamech. Vilatamech, this is Rav Sheshat telling Rav Dachman. Sefa, kabeshogeg veneenaz detana, tu zimna ahariti velo asa, ahim mukmatla. Where are you going to learn the words velo asa? Halo shagag velo yadas ayom pesa. You have to say that when it says Velo Asa, it's referring to a case that's not written in the Mishnah. And what's that case? A Mezid. Good. So too in the beginning when it says Lo Asa, Onen Ketari Badayu. Which means an onen can bring. Really, that's just I will tell you. A a 
he cannot bring on Pesach Rishon. Not him, and not Al Yedeh Shaliyah. Oh, so what does the Mishnah say? Velo Asa? That's specifically going on the Onen. Because an Onen can bring on Pesach Rishon. But he didn't, but he can, because the deen is on and can bring. So therefore, Rav Sheshat says, what are you talking about? You're forced, uh, Rav Nachman, to learn that the Sefa was talking about a case of Mezid as well. Because when it says, Velo Asa, it cannot be going on the Shogeg and the Ones, it must be going on the Mezid. So just like the Velo Asa, the Sefa is going on the Mezid, I'll tell you that the Velo Asa, the Resha is going on and Onen. Because an onen lo asa. But if he wanted to, he can. But a derek lehoka, he cannot at all. So that's why Rav Sheshat learns. And then he comes along and says, Amar Rav daika. The Mishnah is meduyeket. Meaning the Mishnah is precise like Rav Sheshat is learning. You have to say the Mishnah is missing some cases. Why? Diktani. Elu peturin mehekaret, velu hayavim behekaret. Remember it said at the end of the Mishnah, these cases are patur from karet, and these cases are hayat from karet. Now we know the cases of patur from karet. Obviously, if a guy was tameh, he couldn't bring up Pesach Lishon, he's patur from karet. If a person was derek lechoka, uh, a person was anus, a person was a shogeg. However, ahaya, what's the case that you're going to be hayat on karet? Ilima ashogeg v'neenas, shogeg v'neenas b'nei karet ninu. Which means, what's the case where you're going to be? The Mishnah never gave me a case that you have in Karet. Must be that there were two cases not written in the Mishnah that are, must be in the Mishnah, and therefore that's the case you're going to be Hayaf Karet. On what case? A Mezid, a guy is a Poshaya. He didn't bring Quran Pesach, he showed on purpose. Hayaf Karet. Or in Onen. Why? Since he could have brought on Pesach, but he was lazy. Now, what am I going to go to the Mikveh now? Well, I'll wait till Pesach Shani. Hey, you could have brought up Pesach Rishon. So therefore, Hayav Karet. So you see, Rav Asher says, must be Rav Sheshad is right. Because otherwise, what's the case of going to be Hayav Karet? Must be, you have to say, Mezid as well as Onen. The Rav Nachman, Amal Lecha Le'olam, Amezid Lechudeh. Really, Rav Nachman, I agree. You have to add Mezid at the end of the Mishnah. And therefore what? If the Mezid guy, if the guy was negligent, he didn't bring Pesach Rishon, he will get karet. Ubedinu div'il mitneh hayav. Oh, now you have a problem. Because if according to Rav Nachman, he's only adding the case of hayav, he's not adding the case of onin. Because he's learning that what? Derech lehoka is able to bring on Pesach Rishon. Right? Because again, let's review Rav Nachman's opinion. When the Mishnah said, Mishiyat tameh ubederech lehoka velo asa, Means that the derech lechokah lo asa, but if he wanted to, he could have. Good, because he holds what he could bring either shaliyah. Perfect. And the end of the mishnah says what? But if a guy was a shogeg or neenas or mezid, the man agrees you have to put the word mezid in there because the mezid says velo asa, implying that the mezid could have. And therefore, what's the end of the mishnah saying? Elu hayavim bekaret. Hold it. According to Rav Nachman and Rav Nachman, it's not hayavim because it's only one case. He doesn't have the case of Onin. It should say, yeah. hayav. So that's the problem with Rav Nachman. So the Gemara says, Ubedinu hayav. It should have said in the Mishnah, Hayav. The reason why it said plural, 
Aidi detana resha peturim. Since it said by the cases of peturim from karet, it said plural language peturim. Tana sefa hayavim. So therefore, the sefa also uses the word hayavim, which is Islam Afka. It should have said hayav, but since it said by the case of that the people that don't have karet peturim, so also peturim. Let's review quickly outside. We'll stop over here in the Gemara itself, but let's review outside what just took place. Basically, on this Hamud, we have one Mahloket. One very important Mahloket between the Amuraim, Rav Nachman, and Rav Sheshat. Specifically on one case. On a case of Mishaya Bederich Rehoka, can he send his Pesach through a Shaliyah or not? Rav Nachman says, yes indeed. Rav Sheshat says, no way. Now we want to analyze what is the basis of this mahluket. So Rav Nachman says, hey, I have a beautiful proof from our Mishnah. Because if you look at the language of the Mishnah, it says, Implying what? That he could have. Oh, so you see what he could have? Shaliyah. To that, Rav Sheshat says, I like your diyuka, uh, Velo Asa. But if you're going to make it in the beginning of the Mishnah, you have to make it also at the end of the Mishnah. The end of the Mishnah said, If a fellow was a shogeg, on the enas, velo asa. Oh, ha im asa, it's okay. What do you mean? How can you say ha im asa? He's a shogeg on this. There's no ha im asa in that case. Oh, so Sheshat continues his thought and says, Must be, you have to say that the end of the Mishnah is missing a case. You have to say it's missing a case of a mezid. Oh, and that's what it means. Mezid velo asa. Haim asa. Very good. Which means the mezid can, could have brought. Also, just like you're missing a case in the sefa, I'll tell you missing a case in the resha. I'll tell you, Mishaya, Tameh, Obederich Lechoka. These guys have no options. O onen. Or in onen velo asa. Oh, good. The velo asa is going on the... Onen, because an onen could have. Very good. And then the Mishnah says, and the Mishnah makes sense like me, you know why? Because it says, Elu Hayavim Bekaret. Now we know the cases that can be Patu from Karet. The case of Patu, we're Shogeg, Ones, Derek Lehokat, Amen. Who's going to be the ones that are Hayav Bekaret? Hayavim is who? The Mezid and the Onen. Why? Because both Mezid and Onen could have brought on the first, and they considered negligent because that they didn't bring. Very good. Rav Nachman will come along and say, listen, I agree, you have to put Nezid at the end of the Mishnah. Because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Shogig ve'onez ve'lo asa. You have to say that really the end of the Mishnah is including a Nezid. And when the end of the Mishnah says, Elu hayavim bekaret. It's lavdavka. I really should have said, Ve'ze hayav bekaret. Meaning the Nezid is hayavka. If you didn't bring Pesach Rishon. Why did it say hayavim? Because since the beginning of Mishnah it says, Elu peturim mekaret. It used the same terminology, hayavim. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.